0: Hello and welcome back to Let's Get Weirding. I'm Megan Sunday. And I'm Beau North. On this show, we are discussing Frank Herbert's Dune series, chapter by chapter. And today, we are starting off with the first two chapters of Children of Dune. Woo! Just as soon as we invent a new word for drowning. Uh, mm. It doesn't exist
1: here. It's People drown happened. now,
0: they yeah, drown on Arrakis. A thing that has happened. Oh, the downside of flash terraforming. Flash yes <laughs> so here we are children of dune
1: i know i can't believe it and it's it's starting out like it's just bursting out of the gate
0: oh they just dive you right in they're like here you yeah. go like just so you know here's what's happening we're catching you up to date it's nine years later boom 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 mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: it's nine years later so alia has you know become a wrinkled old lady
0: There is definitely later on a moment where Jessica is like, dang, Rulin still looks good. And I'm like, oh, (laughs) because she's like, what, 30? If that. (laughs) Like, like, okay, great, Jessica. Like, let's all calm down.
1: Delighted to see that, you know, Leto notices the fan of wrinkles around Alia's eyes. I'm like, isn't she like in her
0: 20s still? She's like 24 years old.
1: (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah.
0: Well, I think, oh, I guess I think she's got a lot res- weighing on her. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, she's got a lot of responsibility, a lot of stress. You know. hmm Although they don't live in as arid a climate as they used to. It's still it's still kind of arid, you could say.
0: Mm-hmm. So, because we're out back out in the desert, we open up. We're back back in the sitch, sitch tabor. Mm-hmm. And uh, Stilgar, Stilgar is being kind of a weirdo.
1: Yeah, he's he's having a lot of, he's doing some soul searching. He's having an existential crisis.
0: He really is. He's it's like watching... now, now you're having. This? Yeah, uh, dude. <laughs> he's watching. So we're nine years after the events of Doom Messiah. Mm-hmm. The twins are nine. yep uh, they are out in the set right now. I don't think they always live there, but they're there for right now. It is, they're described as not quite water fat, but they're not quite, you know, Fremen thin. They're just, yeah. you know, chonky. Yeah. I like how they, they first specify that they have, you know, child, you know, kind of chubby kid faces, but that it's like, but it's still not, not as good as it could be. Like, it could be skinnier. Like, okay, Fremen. Move along. Uh, but Stilgar is watching them sleep because he's thinking maybe things would be a lot easier if I just killed these kids. Yeah. He,
1: <laughs> yeah. He's like, you know, things could go back to the way they were. We don't have to keep turning Dune into planet Arrakis because they are changing the face of the planet. It's not the same place that he mm-hmm. knows and loves he doesn't consider it clean anymore. And the fact that they're basically killing their god.
0: They're killing Shai Halud. Yeah, half the planet now is green. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, Leet Kynes had always dreamed. But it's not, the dream isn't what, you know, Stilgar thought it would be. As they never are. Like, let's get real. Let's get serious for a second. And so there has been just extreme changes. It rains on Arrakis now. Uh, some Fremen died recently in a flash flood, which, I mean, to be fair, Mm -hmm. happens in every desert. That's sort of the problem of deserts, uh, Mm -hmm. Stilgar. But, yeah, so there's less and less room for the worms to live now at this point, which I think would have been something that everyone would have stopped to consider. But, all right, no one ask me. Right. No one stopped to say, hey, we have this very giant native fauna. (laughs) that can only live in a very specific environment yeah and it's really
1: important like you might say it's the most important thing in the whole
0: universe in the known universe so maybe let's not do what we're doing uh i do like all the little notes about how things are different as he, he hears people starting to wake up Uh, Mm -hmm. there's a breeze because they don't seal the entrances as well as they used to because you don't have Mm -hmm. to now. Uh, All these little things have kind of fallen by the wayside. Uh, And yeah, it's a lot of soul searching. It's especially a lot of soul searching to open a book, to open with a character (laughs) that we know, considering killing the children of a character, characters we know. Mm -hmm. Uh, And kind of going from, well, maybe if I kill them, everything can go back to the way it was to realizing that that's not going to happen. That, yeah. you know, if I tried to do this, it would it- just make a Messiah out of me. That's what he thinks. So this is part of his issue is that in the subsequent years, since Paul walked out into the desert mm-hmm. after going blind permanently, like actually blind, they have made him into a God. Yeah, And he's sort of like, but that was just the guy I knew. Like I know that he's not a god. Like, yeah, he's like Maude, why? But he's he not a like, god.
1: Why did we do that? Like, what were we thinking?
0: <laughs> he's kind of having some like, oh, hindsight's twenty twenty. Yeah, he's like, well, you know, I'm I'm in charge here, but I I'm not as in charge as I used to be. If mm-hmm. I kill these kids, they might make me a messiah, and then we're just right back where we started. Yeah, uh, He thinks about the jihad and you know everything could have just been a little different if maybe they had stopped for a second and thought, hmm, maybe we're overplaying this guy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, Je- the big news on everyone's mind is that Jessica is returning to Arrakis because after the events, so we find out, uh, I think it's in the next chapter, but just as a summation. So almost immediately after Paul walked into the desert, Jessica said, peace out. and went to caladan with gurney
1: Mm
0: -hmm. uh alia and duncan got married she is the regent for the twins and rulin is taking care of them and she alia has helped to found a religion based around her brother being like an actual like godhead figure and stillgar is like wow this this is not a good situation that we've created for ourselves uh
1: yeah, re- mixing religion and politics, as Jessica said in the last book, it's, you know that's a dangerous game and it's unsustainable way to govern. Hmm.
0: And yeah, it's it's he he stops to think that you know these kids are also his family because yeah. if you remember, he was he was Cheney's uncle, and he's like, well, huh? I mean, so they're also part of me, but also, what is going on with these kids? <laughs> because surprise the twins are pre-born mm-hmm. like alia it's not apparently as unnerving as alia because everyone is a little chiller with them they know how to hide yeah. it better and they But apparently
1: the bene Gesserit are still just as horny to get their hands mm-hmm. on these two or at least they're i i put in my notes genetic material but that is not what the book says the book says no. they're they're sp- does it say sperm or semen and ova yeah i'm just like (laughs) no thank you can we not talk about a nine-year-old's yeah
0: or also nine-year-olds participating in such orgies yeah please like okay (laughs) let's back off from the fact that they're you know adults in children's bodies because they're also Mm -hmm. really not because they're actually more so real children than alia ever was because this will be a major part of this book but Part of Alia's issue is that she has never really had the opportunity to form her own personality, Mm -hmm. whereas the twins do. Like, Leto and Kanima are, you know, the sum of their ancestors, but they are also very much themselves. And they have, and we'll find out, internal protections against the, you know, endless voices in their heads, which Alia does not have. Mm-hmm. so they are starting from a much stronger foundation of well I know that I'm Leto and I know that I'm Ghanima and there are these you know but I'm also all this else but I'm primarily yeah. me whereas Alia has just always sort of been a swirling vortex of everybody
1: mm-hmm.
0: and Stillgar is just like eh you know they seem pretty cool unlike their aunt who has <laughs> been not doing great so far he is, there's a lot of, in this book, they have kind of swapped it a little to discuss how the twins and Alia's, you know, quote unquote, abominations were mm-hmm. caused by their mother's, their prospective mother's spice addictions, which I find yeah. in precise language. yeah. Because Jessica at the point, had Jessica not taken the water of life when she was pregnant with Alia, I don't think that there would have been an issue just with the regular sort of melange that is in the environment of Arrakis, because mm-hmm. obviously people are having babies on Arrakis all the time and they're yeah. not preborn. So that was because she took the water of life. And with Chani, it was because she had to take such advanced, you know, high quality quantities of spice yeah. that it was... I think tantamount to taking the water of life. Um He's just sort of acting as if they just couldn't get enough of the stuff, and that mm. screwed up their kids. And I just, I don't think that that's phrased. I don't think that yeah, that's Frank was it's, switching things up here, and it's like, nah, it's not what happened.
1: <laughs> yeah, it it wasn't phrased the best because he's talking about Cheney's spice addiction. I was like, well. I mean it wasn't really an addiction it was more (laughs) she had to eat it because that's what her body needed that's what like the babies were demanding of her at that time like if you remember in the last chapters of Doom Messiah you know she wakes up and sees the spice bread and she's like oh I'm so fucking hungry for this spice bread and
0: (laughs) you know she was like six months pregnant at three months pregnant and Mm -hmm. like let the lady eat her spice bread and cheese. Yeah. Leave her alone. R.I.P. Still still sounds good. Yeah. R.I.P. Janie. So he's just thinking all these thoughts and you know but then he has to stop and remember that these are kids and are they responsible Mm -hmm. for what's happened? Yeah it
1: goes so far to where Stilgar very nearly draws his blade and like you know a Fremen cannot Sheath a blade that has been unblooded. So mm-hmm. he very nearly draws his blade, and then at the last second, he's just like, Well, I have one thing left of the man that I was, and that's my loyalty. My loyalty to Moadid, and yeah. I'm not going to kill his kids.
0: But which great, <laughs> good to hear, Stilgar. Yeah, good talk. Good talk, still. <laughs> um, also obviously the book would go in a very different direction all of them would but i i would have loved a scene if he actually went ahead and did it of him explaining this to hara <laughs> yeah. look like, look babe uh big big news uh, yeah. <laughs> don't Hara's be mad
1: like, no i don't want to be
0: like married to a messiah please <laughs> like i've already avoided this once and ultimately, yeah. it turned out to be great. So, <laughs> uh, yeah, speaking so, of Hara, though, she's around still. I'm so oh, happy. We we also didn't read the epigraph. Oh, did you want to read the first one? I'll do it because I'll do. It's from our one, boy. It's, it's done. Our <laughs> they usually are. Let's yeah. be honest. <laughs> uh, so this at the very beginning. This was from Words of the Mentat by. Duncan, Idaho, your boy and mine.
1: Duncan.
0: teachings have become the playground of scholastics, of the superstitious and the corrupt. He taught a balanced way of life, a philosophy with which a human can meet problems arising from an ever-changing universe. He said humankind is still evolving, in a process which will never end. He said this evolution moves on changing principles which are known only to eternity. How can corrupted reasoning play with such an essence? Mm. that's just some shade on his wife i think mm-hmm. frankly like all right duncan yeah the honeymoon is over
1: <laughs> i don't think i would enjoy being married to a mintat honestly no. like my husband is a is a software engineer and that's almost as bad but <laughs> i but to say both of our
0: husbands are gonna be like hey you are like no okay as, honey
1: <laughs> not as philosophical
0: whereas mine is philosophical was a philosophy major uh,
1: mm, oh and is man. a teacher
0: so oh boy <laughs> <laughs> yikes what have i done
1: so would you like me to since we're starting on the next chapter would you like me to take this epigraph
0: yes yeah quick note these this is another book that has lots and lots of very short chapters so most of yeah. these episodes are going to be doubled up because mm-hmm. some of them again are like three pages so yeah we do what so we can he-
1: Here we go. This is (laughs) Megan's favorite, Riddles. Riddles of Arrakis by Hark al Ada. And it goes as such. Have you seen the preacher? I've seen the sandworm. What about that sandworm? It gives us the air we breathe. Then why do we destroy its land? Because Shai Halud orders it.
0: That's not a good riddle. That's not a riddle at all.
1: That's a very, why did Shihilu
0: cross the blood? <laughs> <laughs> That's like, okay, great. So the twins get up. It's an, an hour, hour before, before dawn. dawn. I was just like, kids.
1: And then I, I reread the the opening of the chapter and it says it's the Fremen custom. So, okay. I'm glad that we're putting it out there very much. It's Everyone. That these,
0: that these kids are very much Fremen. Uh, they got to go eat their oatmeal. Mm-hmm. It sounds delightful. It's oatmeal of dates and nuts. Yeah, good. Love it. Liquid skimmed from partially fermented spice, so it's a little cinnamony,
1: like yogurt.
0: Yeah, like delightful. Love it. Mm-hmm. Um, so they get dressed. They're wearing still suits. So they also do everything the same. They are yeah. stretching and yawning in secret unison because. They're just they're cuckoo, These kids, yeah. like it's the opening of Disco Pigs. Like we're all thrilled. <laughs> um, so they're both wearing little fancy capes over their still suits. Mm-hmm. Love it. Uh, it's also because like Leto's is uh tan with a black edge, which kind of sounds like a poncho that I own for the the fall, <laughs> and uh Ganyma's is uh green. Yep. And they both have nice, fancy brooches of Atreides hawks. So nice. Yep, A good look. Uh, Nara's just like, oh, look, you guys look all fancy for your grandmother. That's nice.
1: (laughs) And they're like, how do you know we're not
0: dressing up to honor ourselves? And so she says, my eyes are just as blue as yours, which is they get a long explanation of this, but it's basically her saying, like, don't smart off to me like i'm as <laughs> fremen as you
1: yeah like my eyes are the same blue as yours we're we're the same very funny and then Le- leto kind of flirts with her he's like oh Hara my love <laughs> it's really like creepy but also cute i don't know
0: <laughs> yeah it's got this interaction particularly has a level of just you know when I grow up, I'm going to marry you. Like, okay, yeah. you know.
1: It's it's like a cute, you know, lived in sort of familiarity
0: yeah. between these people. And I like that. You know, she just sort of laughs. It is like, eat your breakfast, you know, you kids. <laughs> um. So everyone is talking about Jessica arriving. They talk a little bit about Alia. Mm-hmm. And they're just like, yeah, we don't want to. Hara's like, yeah, I haven't seen her. yeah
1: that's which is so rough that hurt a a little bit because
0: (laughs) but she was basically your mom
1: yeah she was like the one person you always had in your corner and now she is no longer um
0: that's that's tough um so everyone is just like look kids okay what we need for you to do is not give it away immediately that you're pre-born Mm-hmm. Because one of the big things coming up is that n- there is a rumor that Jessica has sort of rejoined the Bene Gesserit mm-hmm. and that her goal in coming back to Arrakis to see her grandchildren might be to, you know, deal in the aforementioned genetic material. Yeah. And no one is quite sure if that's accurate. No one knows what to expect because, again, she left. No one's seen her in in years. Mm -hmm. And they're basically like, look, Hera's like, I know you kids are weird. I love you. You're weird (laughs) kids. Don't be weird in front of your grandma. Let's try to be normal kids. Can we do that? And they're like, "Mm, no, (laughs) we really can't. Um,
1: (laughs) We don't even know how to begin to
0: even try faking that. (laughs) So they start talking to each other in one of the many languages that they just know from their memory. Uh so
1: they're in just Atreides, speaking French
0: or something. A trade's battle tongue. And they're talking about how Alia is really annoyed with the fact that it's really bothering bothering her that Jessica is coming back.
1: Yeah.
0: And they want, they want to believe that it's just because she doesn't know Jessica's motivations, that she's nervous about seeing her after all these years, that she's worried that she's, like, sweeping in to try to take over, uh, but they also know that it's because Alia has begun to succumb to her abomination, and she doesn't want Jessica to know. Mm-hmm. This is one of the numerous times where everyone will see that something is happening to Alia and will go, meh, weird. Yeah. Sucks to be her.
1: <laughs> like, did nobody think to actually, like, I don't know. Say, hey, is there
0: something I can do for you? they you need a hug. Yeah, How you about need a hug. hug? <laughs> a little hug. You need just, you know, a little conversation. She has been, she, we I mean, I don't remember when this comes up, but we'll just, you know, I'll throw it out there. She's been taking lots and lots of spice because she yeah. cannot see the future like her brother could. And she wants to be able to. So she takes more and more spice. She goes into numerous spice trances. She wants the twins to do this as well which they are avoiding because they could tell that that has not ended up well for her. Yeah. And, you know, they, they, they kind more of, of
1: more vulnerable to
0: all those voices in her they, head. Yeah. They kind of dance around the idea here that the reason that the twins haven't succumbed is because their parents are kind of guarding them in their heads.
1: Mm
0: hmm. And they also bring up, there's this guy called the preacher. <laughs> And Leto thinks it might be their dad. They don't know. They think mm-hmm. Alia kind of thinks it is, but he shows up and he basically hates the whole political religion and is talking a lot of smack about it. And mm-hmm. no one will just kill him because they're all a little afraid of him. Yeah. And yeah, the big question is you know, is it Paul? I love that it's kind of a mystery, but everyone's first assumption is like, oh, that's Paul. Weird. <laughs> uh what i like is at one point so they're talking and ghani's just like well you don't really think he's our father and leto says well i don't know but i know that's what ali is afraid of yeah and ganima says well i don't believe in a this abomination nonsense that he says you has just as many memories as i have <laughs> which i just like is like come on <laughs> you know as well as i do that this shit is happening uh, we learned that they, we just, you know, a couple of things. We learned that they have red hair um, and already got them blue eyes because mm-hmm. that's what you do. That's your life. So Alia shows up and they're just like, hi.
1: <laughs> they're kind of, you know, have, trying to be cute and play around with her and she's just not having it. She's just like, hey, uh-uh, none of that. Like, yeah, you better be don't... on your
0: toes. Don't be weird around my mother. Because <laughs> they notice that they note that everyone else, even everyone who is aware of their pre-born situation, kind of tries to ignore it or mm-hmm. act like they don't get why the kids are so, you know, why they know so many big words or anything right. like that. Whereas Alia is basically like, yeah, no, I'm to you guys. Believe me, I understand. Knock it off. Like,. You know, you guys need to behave. I've told you why. Do you why. think
1: that... Let me ask you a question. To Let me interrupt to ask you this. Mm-hmm. Do you think that Alia would have turned out differently had she
0: been a twin? I don't know. I don't know if it would have helped her to have somebody else there. Or I kind if of it feel would've... like it would have. Because... I mean,
1: possibly... Someone else.
0: She wouldn't have felt so alone in it, I feel like. This is true. But I think that lends itself to, I mean, as we see with Leto and Ghanima, it becomes a sort of weird codependency that Mm -hmm. I think ultimately doesn't end up helping anyone. I mean, they kind of break out of it by the end. But they have to force themselves to. Mm -hmm. And they have the, you know, foresight to see that that's something that has to happen. Um, But... I worry that in the case of Alia it would have just been a kind of you know, snake eating its own tail of just two little weirdos being weird <laughs> forever like my yeah. beloved Scarlet Witch and Quicksilver just sure. two weirdos being weird forever <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, I yeah, like I'll... that
1: Le- Lido is like you know, our Lady Jessica was a woman of she he says greater simplicity than the Ben Gesserit and Ali is like, <laughs> oh, you stupid boy. <laughs> yeah. If she were simple, I would have been the firstborn and you two would wouldn't
0: even be here. Yeah. She's like, if this if she had not done her own thing, if she had mm-hmm. not disobeyed, not done her own thing, this would be an entirely different situation. So I don't even want to hear from you. Yeah. Uh, I like that Leto. You know, I- I like that their concept of everyone telling them to behave is that they somehow have to act like little tiny baby kids. And I get that <laughs> it's that part of them is nine and so they're like we're not babies, we're not going to act like babies. Also, we're not actually really children, so that's also <laughs> weird, but you know she's like no one's asking you to be simpering. I'm just right. You know, I'm just saying don't be weird. <laughs> like just chill. Yeah. Like, my daughter has started referring to all people as humans, so that we get a lot of, like, oh, there's a lot of humans here. Oh, boy. Look, a human. Oh, Megan. (laughs) I'm worried about you. (laughs) (laughs) Like, oh, look at that human. And it's like, oh. And it's to differentiate between us and then, like, dolls and the numerous uh, Mandalorian (laughs) toys around the house. But it's just, like, yeah, okay, humans. If she starts wearing a little cape with a brooch on it, I will know to worry. (laughs) Right. (laughs) So everyone just starts, they start looking at Alia and they start to realize that there are markers on her face that are the Baron. Right. Which is a terrifying concept. Mm -hmm. Made more terrifying later when there is a point when Duncan is like, yeah, my Talaxu eyes now kind of just see her as a giant masculine figure. And it's like, Whoa, what the mm-hmm. hell are those eyes made of, dude? Yeah. Uh, what those eyes do. <laughs> uh, you know, and at least Leto has the graciousness to think, oh, he was all he's also my ancestor. Like I gotta be careful. Like he's not mm-hmm. it's not just like this is solely Alia. Right. Like we are like, always related to her. I'm susceptible too. And I like that no one considers that jessica just wants to meet her grandkids
1: yeah no it doesn't even cross anyone's mind that she's just there to like
0: see paul's children and see her daughter alia's like well maybe she's just here to see you and they all just are like no no that's not (laughs) that's not it at all (laughs) um so alia goes to get jessica she leaves the twins behind and they just have a really interesting
1: little exchange here when she walks away because they're thinking like about being pre-born and how they're different from Alia and they say like they wish they had like pre-born ancestors to draw memories from and Leto's like well maybe we do or perhaps we do and they wonder if they have like I think this is a thing too is that they don't seem to have access to and I don't know if this is because of you know Paul and Chaney sort of being like guardians with inside of them but they don't seem to have access to all of their ancestors memories or they're, they're not sure about that.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And uh, Lato says, well, or, you know, they decide, well, we'll talk to our grandmother about this. And Lato says, so her memory within me urges, which <laughs> is <laughs> weird.
0: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, that's the memory of, the of big things. is like,
1: hey, ask me. <laughs> Yeah, the fact that they
0: have the memories of people who are still alive is the weirdest of all of this concept, Mm -hmm. honestly. Because later, I mean, we do get a glimpse as to the inside of Alia's mind, Mm -hmm. and it's going clear back to the spirit of Agamemnon being like, hey, great, great, great X times 25,000 granddaughter, I want to talk to you. (laughs) And this. so. I mean, would she have been any better off with Agamemnon in her head than the Baron, Oh my god, honestly? no. No. <laughs> would have been that who are you? I'm from ancient Greece meme. Just <laughs> yeah. all the time. <laughs> yeah, so because that's one of the big reasons that they've been avoiding doing a spice trance. They also mm-hmm. acknowledge that they probably would have to, like Alia, take a lot of spice Yeah. Uh, because they have such a build-up, an immunity to it. Mm-hmm. You know, they talk a little bit about well, why didn't this happen to Jessica or Paul? And they point, you know, later was like because they had personalities already, like they were people yeah. by the time they got here and started taking spice. So they weren't
1: raw material like you should. Yeah, were. yeah, you
0: know, it's like we were already born this way. Like there was no option. Yeah, because I don't think. I mean, it might come up, but I don't know that that's something that could just happen. Like, I don't think that there's a point where you could take so much spice that you would suddenly become.
1: Yeah, because I think they hint at it, like, in Stilgar's chapter, in the first chapter, that there was something in Chaney's genetics that just really, like, latched on to that. Mm -hmm. And, And I think it is, like, specifically that Fremen thing, as we read in Dune, like, the Fremen are already a little more inclined towards prescience than yeah. your average person mm-hmm. so i think that probably kind of has cultural memory that yeah they have
0: already that is like sort of the positive version of that where they do mm-hmm. have you know even if it's not a natural memory they have a you know trained cultural narrative like the point mm-hmm. you know when they're there when they start mourning when they had to leave their planets which was hundreds of years before any of them were born but this is still something that they hold to themselves um which is
1: an interesting thing i think that and i know you haven't watched this show but like that gets explored a lot in the um new Watchmen series on hbo the limited Mm -hmm. series Um, Because there's a lot in there about generational trauma Mm -hmm. and cultural trauma that you've inherited from, you know, your ancestors or even just your parents, you know, just going back one or two generations. And to me, it's like it feels like certain uh, certain cultures, like especially those of the um, what's the word I'm looking for? The scattering. Mm hmm. They, you know, are more, probably a lot more susceptible to that inherited trauma. Yeah. Like certain Jewish communities and, um, you know, especially like black communities here in the United States and, you know, other places around the world where they were, you know, taken to. So I feel like that's probably, that speaks to their sort of, Mm -hmm. their past and it is probably like an inherited thing with them.
0: Yeah, and it really does conclude with the twins thinking, yeah, we have to, despite what everyone has said to us, we need to go to our grandmother and try to get some answers. Mm-hmm. Um, which I like because there is a, an element where they think, well, maybe we can get answers from her. And she doesn't have to find out because we're that slick. And meanwhile, mm-hmm. Jessica <laughs> is like, I'm going to figure out all this stuff because I'm that slick. And it's like, <laughs> none of you are, you're all Atreides. <laughs> none yeah. of you are slick. <laughs>
1: right. You're uh Ghani does say
0: goofballs. her parting
1: line is that um too much knowledge never makes for simple decisions, which I think is really both funny, it's on the nose, and it's true.
0: Like um, you know. The I more- think it's Yeah, no, in- no, continue.
1: Oh, I was just gonna say the more you know <laughs> Exactly the more complicated things get.
0: I just want to make it clear right now that, honestly, in my opinion, Ghani is the superior twin. (laughs) Oh, I totally agree. (laughs) I think Leto gets to make, he makes harder decisions. But Mm -hmm. I think that as, you know, we talked about in our, you know, in the past when we discussed the ending of this book, you know, I think that there's a reason that when he is dealing with all of this, he has to come back to his sister because she's the stronger one. Like yeah. he had to make one kind of difficult decision. She has to be the one who holds up the human side of the decisions, which I would argue is more difficult. And he's already in this chapter kind of like, don't you ever wonder what would happen if you did this spice turns? She's like, no, <laughs> No, no, I I don't, Leto. We're just talking about our aunt. Like, did you (laughs) not just see that? Were you having the same conversation with me?
1: (laughs) Yeah, she has a bit more of a strength of character than he does, I think.
0: Yeah, he's just, he's already very tied up in destiny, destiny, destiny. There's something Mm -hmm. that has to be done. I have to do something. This is what I have to do. And she's very, I I am here having to take the information that I have and figure all of these things out. Yeah. Like, what's happening? How are we dealing? You know, she's also the one who, when Alia walks away, cries. Yeah. Like, she sheds a tear. And it's, you know, it's, you know, he kind of is like, oh, water for the dead. And she's like, like, our aunt is gone.
1: Yeah. Like, she's already too far gone. She's not really hurt anymore. Mm Mm-hmm. Which is very, like, that hit me in a lot of ways because i mean anyone that's had like a family member or a loved one that's you know struggled with things like depression or substance abuse like Mm -hmm. that sort of hits home yeah in a way that's like very emotional for me so like i felt that it's not the same i mean no no no. losing anyone to their ancestors memories but you know
0: (laughs) (laughs) only because by virtue of the fact that he was the loudest (laughs) i did notice that because i was reading ahead just because this was something we talked about on our episode about the miniseries Mm -hmm. is that when he is in the baron is initially telling alia like some great ideas that he has for what she should do with her life they do get (laughs) weirder than in the miniseries when he's just like why don't you just have sex with that guy yeah there's a little bit more like why don't you have sex with that guy and right when you're about to have an orgasm you should kill him Right? <laughs> like, whoop, whoop, whoop. <laughs> She's like, nope, nope. Stop talking right now. Yeah. <laughs> Shut up, you weird grandpa. Although, maybe she probably should have killed him. But. Yeah. Not for the sexual part. Like, ew. <laughs> no. That's no bear. That's a lot that's... of cleanup. There's that. And also, it's a little, you know, that, not to say that this was the only part, obviously, uh, you know, but that was the weirdest part of that whole scene in gone girl to me i was like oh god Mm. you're killing him and he is just in there (laughs) yeah yeah
1: (laughs) "Ah!" (laughs) yeah
0: (laughs) amy what are you doing (laughs) that was wild (laughs) i need this to stop what is happening right now you were just oh boy I,
1: I believe our uh, former guest, CBC, has mentioned that on our other show on Excessively Diverted before we had an episode. I, I don't know how Amy Dunn came up in conversation, but she was like, he is still inside. Yes!
0: Him. I'm going to text her immediately. I'm just texting her all caps. I'm just going to say, he was still inside Amy when she kills him. And hopefully... Here we go. I'm just it right She'll now. be delighted but yeah that you know it's this whole thing it starts from the very beginning where we're learning that you know Alia is already gone and it's so frustrating because when we do get kind of a flashback coming up about how this happened it's so sad it's like well mm-hmm. where was everyone yeah you know why uh, why didn't we did talk about that yet but
1: why did we let this happen Mm-hmm. yeah so well that's the first two chapters of children of dune we did it yeah here we are children of dune already i know can you believe it and this one is going to go quickly because this is another thin book it's much shorter than dune um and the chapters are pretty short so we're going to probably Mm -hmm. fly through this one as well
0: yeah but it'll be good this is a great book I think it we've is. talked really a lot good. about how this one's really good. A lot of stuff is happening. This is, of course, the turning point when Dune starts getting really weird. Oh, yeah. Because this book, you know, has pre-born twins. It's got killer tigers. It's got <laughs> everything.
1: know being possessed by
0: your murder grandpa. Yeah. Being possessed by your murder grandpa. Your kind of clone robot husband just being mm-hmm. like, sorry, babe, I'm out. <laughs> Um I'm stealing your mom. <laughs> Nine year olds discussing whether or not their uncle by marriage has horns. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and you're just like, oh kids.
1: Not not nice. Not
0: appropriate. <laughs> I I can't sorry, I'm gonna not read my, my text. That's rude. That's unprofessional <laughs> podcasting. And we are nothing if not professional. And let's get weirding.
1: Hey, well, speaking of Mm -hmm. professional, I want to plug our new little project that we're doing. Yes. It's so exciting. We are teaming. We've teamed up with the good, good people over at Kill by Kill podcast, Patrick and Gina. And we're doing weekly discussion episodes on CBS's CBS All Accesses The Stand. That's a mouthful. It is. (laughs) Uh, The new mini-series, limited series, based on Stephen King's The Stand. We're talking about it every week with Kill by Kill. It's over on their feed. And if you're not listening to Kill by Kill already, you really should be because it's
0: really, really good. It's fantastic. We have both been on it. um, Mm -hmm. And it's just great, even if we're not on it, (laughs) because it's a really good show. And Patrick and Gina are great, great peeps. Mm-hmm. Very delightful podcast. Um. So,
1: yeah, we, we just did uh, two episodes. The first one's already up. The next mm-hmm. one will be out next week after the episode. Um. So, yeah, it's really exciting. And we have a lot to say.
0: We have a lot to say. This. We've all, we're all fans of the book. We're all, you know, we've all, we're all fans to min, min, changing degrees of the original mm-hmm. miniseries. So, yeah. you know, we are. I
1: have a, I have a certain, even though, like, we. We talk a lot of shit. We should talk it a lot, but I
0: do have a lot of affection for the original '90s miniseries. It maybe. has to be noted that, like I know for myself, I do nothing but shit talk things that I love. Oh, for sure, and it's because of love. Yeah, you know the amount. It's you know kind of you know fandom hyperbole, but the amount I mean, of just hence seeing a picture this show this show characters that I love that I will send a picture of to to Bo and be like look at this idiot yeah this I just watched whatever episode of the Umbrella Academy and it's like here's a picture and it's like what who are these stupid people and why do I love them (laughs) so much and I think that's just the best way you gotta embrace the good and the bad and love Mm -hmm. things enough to you know want them to be better when they could be and to acknowledge when they're good and the miniseries the original one has both of that in spades yeah for sure (laughs) and so does so too. this new one so far Mm -hmm. but yeah so baby could you dig your stand that's the name of it baby can you dig your
1: stand that was my that was my contribution was (laughs) it it was all because we were trying to stick with the blank by blank thing and it just we couldn't really. Yeah, there's get it.
0: nothing good. Yeah,
1: yeah. Oh, but anyway, check that out. And as always, you can find Megan and I over at thespool.net, where we write about film and television. I will have a review of. I know all the Let's Get Weirding fans are really, really waiting for me to hear my thoughts on Bridgerton.
0: Yeah, so am. that that'll be <laughs> next week. yeah That'll be on yeah, next nice weekend. I yes i have been recapping the second season of the mandalorian uh for the spool and that will be concluding uh well in about 24 hours because that premieres tonight when we're recording this so
1: (laughs) we'll see how i feel
0: next week for this episode or i might be in some sort of grief coma i don't know we'll have to wait and see
1: yes uh yeah so that's it if you want to uh Follow us on Twitter. We're at Weirding Pod on Instagram. Same thing. You can write us a letter at weirdingpodcasts at gmail.com. But that's going to be it for this week. And, uh, you know, we'll see you next time. Until then, be nice. Take your spice. And take your spice. Bye, Bye everyone. But not too much of it. Right. <laughs> Especially if you're pregnant.
0: Especially. <laughs>